0: Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football? An FM adventure with me, Lewis, and my co-host, as always. Tom. I tried to try to trick you there, adding a couple. So if you jumped early, but you held you, you kept your powder dry.
1: No, exactly. My um I didn't jump the gun, did no false start from me. Ever reliable with my Tom
0: well practiced at this point exactly. even though exactly even though as you well know we are recording this at an irregular time on a friday
1: we are well, indeed yeah normally this is a sunday night record and it hits uh, hits our listeners ears not not many hours later whereas yeah this this week a friday record still going to come out on the sunday i think um so you'll still you won't notice a difference as a listener but I guess the reason why we're recording on Friday is quite exciting, isn't it, Lou?
0: Yeah, it's do you, want, it, do, you
1: me to, do you want me to explain why?
0: I think you you're ready and primed. You look excited, so it'd be rude to to not let you take it away.
1: Yeah, well the reason we're recording on Friday uh this week is because we we are also gonna do another recording on Sunday, which uh which should drop Uh, into your podcast feeds, as long as you have liked and subscribed, as long as... I don't know if we've worked out if that actually works yet or if anyone can do that. Um, In in the week, you will be able to listen to the 1st matchup of mine and Lewis's teams. We are playing, on Sunday, a two-legged affair between my Audax Italiano side and Lewis's Universidad de Chile team. And you know what, Lou? I can't wait. I'm actually a bit nervous to sort of talk you through what's sort of going on in my save at the moment, and sort of the tactics and who's playing well, who's because I don't want to sort of reveal too much in um,
0: yeah and give uh, too, much too much tactically away.
1: ahead ahead of our match. So I, f- I feel like I'm sort of in a press conference now, pre-match, where with the opposing manager, and I sort of I might sort of tell you someone's pretty rubbish when in fact they're they're absolutely flying.
0: Yeah. Oh, you've, you've definitely got as a caption on your profile, plays mind games, unquestionably.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, keep, keep, um, we'll see throughout this podcast, we'll do our normal pod, we'll update everyone on where, where we've got to. I think we probably progressed a little, not quite as much as we normally have, based on the fact, um, obviously, we're recording on the Friday. Um, but that comes with a bit of a bonus that, Midweek next week, uh, or midweek this week probably as you're listening, a new podcast will drop which will be Audax Italiano. Parr Jackson's Audax Italiano versus Renzo Rivero's Universidad de Chile. Oh, this is going to be so good because we, Lewis and I, we are the most competitive people sort of when it comes to uh, playing against each other. Even Even when when we're we're in the the same same
0: central midfield. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: in our old five-a-side team, we map arguments we used to have on pitch, um, even more so when we're playing against each other in, in any sport. So, this, this, this could be. Uh, we obviously haven't played the game, but this is going to be. I think it's going to be the, the
0: best podcast. I think it's, it's going to be tricky to keep it PG thirteen at times. I do <laughs> feel if things don't pan might out, get some sort
1: of <laughs> explicit rating on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, the only thing you haven't touched upon, Tom, with our our bonus episode that we're really excited to to have is that we are going to, unbeknownst to the other, record uh, our own tactical analysis of the opposition and talk about our thinking in setting up for the game. Whether that'll be five minutes or 15 for each of us, I don't know. But uh, probably 10, there you go. Probably about 10 minutes each just talking about Talking through the other squad and 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 our approach to setting up for the big game, the big two-legged game as well. No, no, uh, no corners cut. No, not just a one-off affair. No, it's going home and away, and if it takes it, it's going to extra time and possibly even penalties. So a winner will be decided, whether we like it or not, and one of us That's- is not going to like it. <laughs>
1: And the best thing about that is you can, the listeners can hear Luis go rattle on about how he's going to keep Federico Fernandez, Carlos Bascuñan uh, and the rest of us alike, uh, how he's going to keep them all quiet. And then within the first five minutes, be 3-0 down and his tactical plans will be torn to shreds, While, whilst Ivo Mamini is going to be in the back pocket <laughs> for Felipe Torres for 180 minutes.
0: Mm. I think I think with either of them in his record and what I'm going to talk to you about in this podcast, Tom, I, I think we have differing views on the way that a match is going to play out.
1: Well, we'll we'll find out midweek, dear listener. We'll find out
0: midweek, indeed. In anyway, Lou. So we've
1: pre- we've previewed that. We we do still have the small matter of the small matter of how our games have been going since uh, we last spoke on uh, on Sunday. As I mentioned earlier, not a huge amount of of pro or not maybe as much progress as, as normal, but I must admit, uh, my game, my uh, my savers, there is quite a lot to talk about. Quite a lot has happened for me since we last spoke on Sunday. I do um, have
0: the feeling, Tom, you've you've spent seventy two million, at, at, and you know you've spent Chelsea amounts of money in South America, and now Enzo Fernandez is in the heart of. Of Audax Italiano's midfield because you 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 from every time I, I, I've slightly touched upon this subject this week you seem to be incapable of holding back a smile so you better take it away so I can know all your not so secret weapons by 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 Wednesday for when you're listening and Sunday for when the big match will take place. Absolutely, well- yeah, I'll give you a bit of an update. So,
1: well. You might be pleasantly surprised then, Lewis. If that's what you, you think's happened, you, you may well be pleasantly surprised. What I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of um, I'll talk through first. I'll kind of go chronologically from from where we left off in terms of some of the games we've played. I think I've played nine games, four in the Cup uh, and five in the League since, since we last spoke. So I'll give you a bit of an update there. And those nine games, Lewis, played nine, won nine. We are red hot. We are red hot. Um, we played against in the final game, basically the league before sort of summer break. We beat Santiago Wanderers three two. Um, Paolo Victor, my left back, Basquian and Federico Fernandez getting goals. Then we had the the cup. So as a reminder, the cup competition sort of happens mid season, or the first sort of two rounds, or third round. It's, it's strange. It's sort of the third round, and then straight into the, the the last 16 um for teams in the top flight we played San Luis San Luis de Colota uh for, t- for two legs 1-2 two nil, 2-1 two and 2 nil, Federico Fernandez and Paulo Federico Fernandez and Paulo uh scoring the goals Vasconian was actually at the Copper America um representing Chile so Federico Fernandez started all these games we then played Deportes La Serena uh battered them 8 to an aggregate fernandez scoring 2 in the first and a hat trick in the second try not to sound
0: fire. too smug
1: i know he's he's been on fire and then since then we we've, we've we've played four league games um what well, obviously one or four um federico fernandez scored in every single one of those games this is my backup striker in theory to Bascunyan, although after the Copa america i kept starting him because he had done so well in the cups in all nine games since we've last last, uh, last spoke, Lewis, Federico Fernandez has scored.
0: So it's a bit of a is... Marcus Rashford run, then?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just doing the numbers now 11, 12, 13, 14 goals in nine games, uh, Federico yeah. Fernandez has scored.
0: Sounds like many um, the... levels of scoring.
1: Yes, yeah, many could only dream of that. But this is the problem I'm going to have, and we, we probably need to. I don't really what sure what's going to happen in our match too much, but I've got a difficult decision to make between to play Fernandes against you. Um, so he, he's just been on fire. Look, we beat we beat Union La, La Calera 2-0, Kimbo Unido 3-0, South 5-1, and my favourite um, result was we beat Santiago Morning 3-0. That was the last game we played. But what that's kind of left us in is obviously we're out of the cup. We're now into the... Quarterfinal of sorry, we're out who, of the Cobber. Cop- yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. We are, um, in the uh quarterfinal of the cup against O'Higgins, and amazingly, we're now second. I said this last episode, there's no chance we're catching Universidad Catalina because they are just the best team by, yeah, you know, by a way. Mm. They've kind of had a bit of a collapse. They're, t- they're one point ahead of us, but we've got a game in hand. Oh second, and it's we're it's quite tight, it's quite tight at the top. So in fourth place is Universidad de Chile played 21 with 40 points. And then Everton de del Mar played 20 with 40 points. Then Audax Italiano, us played 20, 41, and then Universidad Catalica. Uh, played 21-42. So it's really congested, but we are, in theory, you know, we, we, if we win, we're top of the league and it's in our hands. And the thought of competing to win this league mm. is incredible. I thought we'd probably so the start quickly, the
0: season.
1: But, yeah. Yeah, if we can get into the Copa de Libertadores this season, I'll be really, really pleased. But actually, we... I can't argue. You know, 10 games to go it's difficult to argue that we are not... Well, we are in a title race. You can't argue when we're, that we're not in a title mm. race. We are. We're still in the cup. So, if I can win some sort of silverware this year, I will be... I'll be over the moon. I'll be Chuffed, so happy. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really will. And, yeah, that that that's, that's where I'm at. I mean, I just look at my squad at the moment. My two strikers... I've also got lots of players doing well. But my two strikers... They're rotating really well. I play, this is what annoys me a little bit. Is I still have never really mastered a two-up front formation. Mm. Um, I, I, I just much prefer playing one up top. But Carlos Bascunyan this season has played, started 19 games, come off the bench five times and scored 21 goals. Um, Federico Fernandez has started 13 games, come off the bench 15 times and has scored 22 goals. So <laughs> it's like these guys are just... Insane, I love them so much. I love this team to be honest. Like I said last week, they're such a really cool team and a good bunch of lads to manage. Um, as I mentioned, I've got there is quite a lot for me to go through as well, which has sort of happened off the pitch. But I think now, Lou, what I'll do is I'll, I'll hand over to you. You can maybe talk a little bit about where you've got to, and I'll talk it then come back to me for a bit of the, the off field drama. Uh, that's happened at Audax Italiano since we since we last spoke.
0: Yeah, great. Well, that to me just felt like an entire pitch as to to why I was going to lose on Sunday. That's all I felt. I felt like this week it was just I've got these two amazing strikers. That are scoring so many goals. Well, and this we'll is how see, good we are. Tom. I'm
1: only going to play one of them.
0: Yeah. and I can't make it work, but I'm going to plant the thought that I might play too. But am I going to play too? Am I not going to play too? Well, we shall see, won't we, ladies and gentlemen? We shall see. So, yes, back to the other side of the Chilean top division in the parallel universe that's two years behind the, the Par Jackson verse uh, the Renzo-Rivero-verse is currently in April 2026. Where's the Paul Jackson verse Tom, just for our listeners' knowledge? We,
1: August 2028.
0: Okay, so a couple of years and a couple of months ahead.
1: Mainly because of the time I've spent out of work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think there are some gaps on your CV that need some explaining if you weren't in football management. Definitely. Yeah, anyway so one thing I didn't touch upon last week and we don't really touch on it a lot but actually I haven't touched on it because this is the first time I did it and I think it shows my commitment to taking the Universidad de Chile project seriously is I absolutely overhauled the coaching team so I asked for more coaches. Uh, it's the first club where I've ever had two separate assistant managers which is mad. I don't know why I've got two separate assistant managers but I do. Really? Yeah. I've got I've got Luis Cris- Cristaldo and Fabian Garfagnoli. And yeah, I I just I even hired performance analysts which considering I do not care about the stats in FM, that is not the way I play. Uh, I've I've taken it very seriously, but the end product is that the coaching standard across the club is now massively improved. All of the trainings are are about four stars, which from where they were, which was quite gappy and quite poor. uh, It's been a huge improvement to the club. So... So that's been, so I think I'm building, you know, I'm building a club and I'm happy with it. And I did the same thing with the scouts, uh, got the full complement of scouts, made sure that they're being sent out and and doing that work that will make the club better. So so that's the first part of something I didn't touch upon. And then Thomas, the form in the league, it's also been really good. So nice. you left you left me uh, on the eve of the second leg of the Coppa Sud Americana preliminary round.
1: Of course, because you, you you'd won the first leg two 0 Is that right? Or you were two correct, goals up?
0: correct, two goals up against Palestino, and as night follows day. We won 2-0 in the second leg through a Mamini Cooper goal and an Emmanuel a penalty and to win 4-0 to qualify to the Sudamericana group stage. And that was a match where I just got my tactics spot on, played on the counter, played, as I said in the last podcast, set up in quite a defensive way, played Darlan Mendez in central midfield and just played a solid team that could facilitate the counter-attack and nullify them, and we just looked so much the better team. So then poor Palestino had to face us again uh, in the league. Uh,
1: so you played them back-to-back-to-back to back to back
0: almost? Well, m- yeah, exactly. Minus a minus a trip to Deportes of Chique, we played them basically three times in a row. And then this time at home, we won 1-0 through Lucas Asadi scoring in the fourth minute. So, good stuff. Good, solid stuff. Uh, Then the big, big rivalry game against Colo Colo, one of the biggest games of the Chilean season. And it was an epic it really was an epic. We go 1 nil down through Facundo Pons for Colo Colo. Uh, then Mamini plays the ball back to Ajeda. Ajeda gets fouled at the edge of the box. Ajeda gets the penalty, puts the ball down on the spot, buries it. So we're back to level pegging. Then another one of our players gets tripped in the box. And for a second time that match, six minutes later, a walks up to the penalty spot with the ball, plonks it down on the penalty spot. And unlike Harry Kane at the World Cup, he scores the second penalty to put us 2 1 up against Colo Colo before that man. Evo Mimini Cooper, 53rd minute, clean throw on goal, down the middle, on the counter, slots it underneath the keeper to make it 3 1 before they pull one back through Bastion Yane, Yanez. Yane, Yanez? Yeah, that sounds about right. Bastion Yanez on the 57th minute, but that's how it stayed. And we win 3 2 away at Colo Colo in an absolute grudge match. And it was a good, it was just a good tough rivalry game you know whereabouts
1: you... were they uh, in the league at the time and they like, were eight you... so
0: underachieving um, and I'll yeah that so so we were we were second or third at the time but that's the last league game I've played and that has left us uh, two points behind Universidad Catalica in second Ooh, so I tell you what mate I know Eight games through, there's a lot of time, and that's the, they've dropped points for the first time this season. So we've currently won six, drawn two. They've won seven, drawn one. After eight games, mm. it's going to be a hell of a season.
1: A bit of a run together, and yeah, you're in, you're in good. You've n- got
0: a chance, yeah. I mean, I think it will come down to the two heads to heads, won't it? I mean, it's a, it's it's looking that way already. And then the, to leave you on the final game. was the first coppa sudamericana group game and i got drawn mm-hmm. oh i should tell you the draw first yeah i was
1: going to say talk us through,
0: talk us through the draw so i didn't get as big a fixture as uh, red bull bragantino however i think i've worked it out i think the Argentinian and Brazilian teams must one must go into every group. I only have one group that's got two of them in, so I think there must be you either get an Argentinian team or a, or a Brazilian team as the kind of big team in it.
1: I've just had a look through when you said that. I've just had a look through the group stage of mine, and I've got at least three groups where there's an Argentinian
0: and a Brazilian. Oh, okay, team. so
1: okay. no, might ma- be coincidence in the, in that case.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've only got one group. Yeah, I've only got one group where Belgrano and Goyens are in the same group, but otherwise... Anyhow, well, maybe it is a coincidence. So, my group is ourselves, uh, Rosario Central, the Argentinian team, Union Magdalena, from Colombia and Libertad, right. Libertad from Paraguay. Okay. So, Rosario compa-
1: Central are a good, a good, they're a good side. They That's- are
0: a good side. And I think they're going to be tough. I think they're going to yeah. be a tough, tough side. So, we started, and I think this was a tough fixture too, away at Libertad. And I'll explain why. Because I thought Paraguayan team, you know, not, it's Paraguay, isn't it? Like, it's like, lads at Spurs you know it's Paraguay they're they're not a major but actually (laughs) you look at their squad sorry I like that lads at
1: Spurs is the same as lads Lads at Paraguay Paraguay. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) but you think okay and then I look at their squad who have they got playing centre back but Wallace and I think I know where the joke's gonna go but they've got Wallace do you remember Wallace I don't know if I do. Former Lazio, Brazilian former Lazio centre-back, also played for Monaco. Yeah. But I thought, knowing oh, you, Tom, part you part were going to go part, for, but yeah, where's it, Gromit?
1: Well, yeah, that that did immediately spring to mind. I I, I don't recognise the name Wallace. At, well, it was in the football, it doesn't, it doesn't ring any bells.
0: Well, he know. was a... Yeah, he was a solid... He's a solid very talented Brazilian centre-back who is on loan for some reason in the game from Vasco da Gama to Libertad, having played when he was younger, three years for Lazio uh, in the Serie A and obviously Monaco in Liga. So a really top, you know, former European calibre Brazilian footballer. And... I was, you know, I was worried he might be a bit older, but his stats were still great. And there was full of a team, you know, they had a, had, they had lots of good players. They had a great, they had literal magic on the wings. They had Merlin, and that's <laughs> Batista <laughs> Molini. They had what? Batista Molini on the left. Paul uh, Daniels up front. And Paul Daniels up front, yeah. But also they had Rivero, Rodrigo Rivero down the right. So they had a doppelganger, and they had magic down the left. <laughs> they and then they, to finish it all off, they had a cracking regen in the centre of the park called Jose Lopez. Don't
1: tell me, Debbie McGee.
0: Yeah, Debbie McGee. <laughs> 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 yeah, Jose Lopez, who is a really good, solid, all-round central midfielder in the centre of the park. So I go away thinking, this is going to be tough. You know, this is going to be a proper game. I think we might not get anything out of this. And I was prepared for it to be a draw, but We played well. I set us up on the counter. I set us up quite similarly to the second game against Palestino for when we qualified. Keep it quite solid in the middle of the park. The one tweak I did was play Lucas Barbosa at the right wing because I saw they were playing a 4-4-2. And I thought, you know what? The space is going to be cutting inside. So let's get the one naturally left-footed player who's natural on the right wing to cut inside. And it worked perfectly. And for the first time this season, he's still not done it in the league, but Mamini picks the ball up in the center of the park, lays it off to Barbosa, who cuts inside into onto his left, and just thunders it to the keep, low and hard to the keeper's left for the for the opener on twenty four minutes. One of the best passages of FM play I've seen this save. It was such an like just class. it's just. Like just a re- just the way he drove inside and then just smacked it. It was so satisfying. And so we keep playing. It's a good... We're playing well. We're looking comfortable. We're looking confident. And then the ball gets... Mimini picks the ball up, fizzes it again into Ajeda, who again gets fouled in the box. And Ajeda picks up the ball plonks it on the spot and does what... Again, how a defensive midfielder is this good at penalties? He scores again. He's not missed a penalty the entire time I've had him taking penalties for Universidad de Chile. He is so consistent and he scores again. And we win 2-0 and it was just the perfect start to what could have been a really tough fixture with a quality defence and some quality players on the other team and we come away looking... Looking good, looking comfortable, looking confident, looking like we we should be at this stage. So whisper it. If we can get something out of the games against Rosario Central, I think we've got a chance. I think we've got a chance really? again next. through to the through to the next stage. But you never know, next week I might be I might I might be telling you my tale of woe. It is so that- tough
1: because like you say, one slip up and you're you really are on the back foot. Because as we discussed last week, only one team gets through. But yeah, you couldn't well, it sounds like you couldn't got off to a much better start.
0: So that's more or less up to date, except with one other piece of news, and that is that Gustavo Alfaro, the current Argentina manager in my save, was spotted in the stadium for the Libertad game, eyeing up Mumini for the national team. And
1: yes. what the, oh, I see there's one thing getting called up for the for the Chile national team, that's another thing altogether getting called up for the Argentinian one.
0: So the squad okay, I'm a would bit worried be... about it again. <laughs> So Laturo Martinez, Momini Cooper are the two strikers for Argentina going forward, clearly. But and and if you look at his profile uh or his information even, the media opinion is Club form merits international call-up. So there's every chance. There's every chance that in the near future the the blue and white will be will be calling him up. So I'm 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 just firing back with that one, Tom, because I wanted to I wanted to cast a sense of, yeah, you think you know my mini. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, he scored in Chile. But yeah, he's that good. He is that good, my boy. I'm going to defend my boy till the death. I mean, we live or die by Mimini at, at any Renzo club, at least for the next seven to ten years, I reckon.
1: You've given uh, you've given my team talk to uh, Felipe Torres already. <laughs> this lad thinks he's the big he's he's Billy Big Billy Big Balls. Uh, <laughs> playing for the for the Argentine <laughs> national side. You sort him out, Felipe. You sort him out, my son.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only concern, my only concern when I say about it is the centre of any Renzo side is that the president of the club is interested at in stepping down. So my only concern, the only thing that might s- stop me this save is internal politics of University de Chile and I don't think with no release clause I'm going to be able to afford my Mini Cooper one. with the amount he's playing, he's scoring and he's worth more and more every week unfortunately so yeah. that's the only thing that could stop me now but anyway let's, let's hand back to you for whatever the exciting political shenanigans that you seem to be facing
1: Yeah well there's when when uh, when you left me, I, the transfer window was just about to start, and you know I've talked about players. Players come in. Uh, Paul Connolly, or as you would call him, the Freckle, uh, yeah. has 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 joined us. He's played a few games. He's he hasn't been a starter yet, just simply be, because his he's there to replace Mercado, who we still have on loan from Porto after selling him to them. So he's going to bed into the uh, the 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 side slowly but he he's been pretty good in the games he's played um we didn't bring anybody else in it's more the the outgoings which are which are the bigger piece of news which is going to fill you with glee going into our game i think you thought that i'd signed this this world class player but unfortunately for me that's not the case um it all started not long after after last week's pod um and I had an offer come in from Flamengo, top side in Brazil, won the league back to back, for 500 grand for, for Paulo.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and Paolo had a, had a £1.2 million release clause. And I've, as soon as that happens, I'm like, right, I need to sign uh, pin down to a new contract. No interest. So I... Just keep ignoring, you know, wait for as long as possible before rejecting the contract, before rejecting the, the deal. So it, I'm trying to get to the end of the transfer window. And then, near near well, then, a, a glut of clubs just started putting in bids for Paolo. Thankfully, all below the release clause. So I'm just going to read you, this might be a bit dull, it's a bit of a list, the clubs that came in for Paolo. It won't and be not, dull, like, Tom, you know stable. I love it. On the same day. So, Monterey, Sturm Graz, Antwerp, CF Pachuca, FC Copenhagen, Genk, Deportivo Toluca, Panathinaikos, Wolfsburger, Atlas Guadalajara, Toulouse, Flamengo, Coniaspor, uh, Quietaro FC, and Jolos Tijuana. All came in based on the same day with a bid. Oh now, that's not quite the highs of Porto. And I think there was another Premier League club, maybe, that was interested in him at one point. But they're all coming in with bids. And these bids were all around the million pound mark. And bear in mind, his release clause is 1.2 million. I'm thinking, I was just powerless. It's not, I can't give him a new deal. I'm mm. powerless this, other than just rejecting all the deals. But they're all under. So I thought, right, I'm just going to leave that, leave the deals until um, I'm forced to reject them because I don't want to, re- I want to, I want to narrow down these teams' opportunity to sign in in terms of time. But then Flamengo came back in with a £1.2 million bid and triggered, triggered his release. No. <laughs> I <was so> sad. <laughs> and he signed for Flamengo. I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm so disappointed by it. He'll be straight in the first team. This is so annoying. Anyway, he signed. I thought, all right, just a week had passed. And I went back to check in how he got on his first game or whatever. And I saw he was immediately on the loan list.
0: (laughs) You've done it again.
1: (laughs) Well, I thought, right, let's see what happens here. I mean, his wages have gone up a fair bit. Um is you think he was on three grand with us, he's now on five and a half grand at Flamengo. I thought, okay, we'll put a loan in for him. So we did. But we weren't the only club. Um Club Leon in the top flight of Mexico, I believe. Um actually, are they in the top flight of Mexico? I think they actually are in the 2nd sec- they're in the Mexican Expansion League, so I don't know what that is. I think it's um, the
0: second division, yeah
1: probably in second division, yeah, came in with a loan bid for him as well. And he... Lewis, he broke my heart. No. He decided to join Club Leon in the second flight of Mexican football over me. And, oh, he's just broke my heart. What was <laughs> feel, he thinking? I don't know. I still... I don't blame him. You know, I feel like I'm a, like an abused partner. In the sense that he's let me down, you know, he went to these nightclubs early on. I forgave that. He's now left the club, didn't want to stay with me for a new contract, and then gave the giving gave the opportunity to come back to us for just for six months at the end of the season. And he's gone off with another club. I feel like I'm a woman scorned, but I still love him deep down. I still love him.
0: He'll be back, <laughs> Tom. If you just keep telling yourself he'll be back, he'll be back.
1: I know. He no longer plays for me. So in our matchup, this is what I was talking to you about Mm. earlier in the week when we were planning this game. It suddenly dawned on me when we were talking about Mimini and I was like, I should be mentioning how Paola's going to tear you apart. I can't because he won't be.
0: (laughs) I've got all, Tom, the way you're speaking, I just hear I will survive in the background playing. You know, that's how it feels. The
1: acoustic version, because I'm still not quite over it. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not in the empowered stage. of I don't need him, I'm in the. I'm gonna try and get through. <laughs> so so Paulo's gone. He's gone to Flamengo, um, but at Club León now. So I'm going I mean, going to Flamengo is
0: fair enough. Then taking exactly, exactly. Mexican second division football over Chilean first division football when you've not won the league in Chile. Not just as a club, but as a player. And when the club who you've gone from are doing so well, it, that's slightly a baffling decision to me. But
1: Yeah, I was, I was Surely really... Surely you're one of his
0: favourite personnel.
1: No, this is what I'm saying. I went through this. I, I thought exactly the same when I put the bid in. I thought, you know, he'll want to come back. I went through my whole squad and found out who actually likes me. And there are a fair few, quite a lot of the youth academy players that I've brought into the first team, but not him. No, he doesn't, he gives he didn't give a, a monkeys about me. Uh not at all.
0: Uh, get yourself a good law, Mini, that's all I'll say. I'll treat you right. Well,
1: no. I, I I'm gonna at some point we're gonna be reunited, but I feel like I want it he doesn't, but eventually he'll realize he'll realise my <laughs> worth and what I've done for that man. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, so that, that's what's happened. What is quite good is since then, um, I, I tried to. He kind of left quite late in the transfer window because I was delaying everything, um, and I tried to re- bring in another attacking midfielder in on low just to bolster that foot that I needed it and couldn't. But that being said, this is now the man you need to worry about: is Felipe Aguiar, my 19-year-old youth academy number ten. Since he's um, since he's come into the team, he's scored three and three. He is on fire. Paolo left. Um, I knew he was going to leave, and he, he scored in his last game against Union um, La Clara. Aguiar's been playing, obviously, regularly as well, but he's picked up the mantle. And he had such high potential, Aguiar, but he's never looked like he was almost going to meet it, if you see what I mean. But the last mm. three games, my God, this boy's on fire. So he's he's done a fantastic job. So, yeah, no Paolo for our for our match in, in midweek. Um, and we, we, we spoke about it before, and you sort of hinted that you thought I'd signed this superstar when I was sort of saying, oh, there's going to mm. be some changes in my team. Uh, but no, it's the fact there's no Paolo, which is it's so disappointing.
0: You've lost a superstar. The superstar of your heart, definitely.
1: Yeah. we talking of losing superstars. That's not the only bit of transfer news that's happened. I've also lost uh, my probably one of my best players, Emiliano Castro, who is my right wing back to Leicester. They triggered, actually, no, they didn't trigger his release clause. He had a one point three million pound release clause, um, and they got really close. But I sort of learned from the mistake of Paolo here, and I did them a deal whereby I'd sell I'd sell him to them for one point two million. I think, a ranger friendly, get 50% of, or 40% of the profits from the next sale, and uh, I'll have him back on loan for the rest of the season. So he's gone to Leicester. He's on huge amount of money at Leicester, like almost 20 grand a week, I think. But we have him back on loan. So he, he's still with us for the end of the season and will be, obviously, for our, for our game as well. So Castro's gone to Leicester. That's a problem for the end of the season, but, but he is still with us on loan. So with all that, there was a lot there was a lot going on. Um I felt pretty down not downhearted because I was kind of, you know, big move to Flamengo for for Paolo. I kind of got it. And it was fine. But in the midst of all this, we touched on it a bit last week, on last week's pod of what happens next. When do you think we'll leave our clubs? And I sort of said, I think for me it would only be top division of brazil top division of argentina and the right club to come along well in since we last spoke i've attended three interviews and had three job offers from the top
0: flight of brazil (laughs) i see that i see why there's a time pressure pressure on our friendly then thomas
1: yes exactly that's why i said to you we have to do it this week because although it won't be that
0: friendly will it
1: exactly so i was offered (laughs) Um well after the job interview went to the interviews and got offered the jobs at um I'm gonna butch the pronunciation here. Um Huiaba, uh in the top flight of Brazil, um Fortaleza, and most interestingly, Red Bull Bragantino. So I was offered the job at all of those clubs and I thought about it and Red Bull Bragantino interested me the most. Uh, the other two, I thought, no, I don't fancy it. I thought didn't fancy it before the interview, but I just sort of wanted to, you know, see what happened. Get a bench really see, see
0: if you were in the fight for them. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I thought about it, and um, it's kind of coincided with our league form. You know, going for a great run, run of form in the league, and I just thought, no, my time at Alex Italiano isn't done yet. I would love to... I want to take them to the Libertadores, Copa Libertadores, and I'd love to win some silverware. Be that the Copa Chili or, or, in this case, now the Leak. If it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world, but I just like the opportunity this season, when we're, we're doing so well, to yeah, have the opportunity to finish this season. And I've kind of decided now, basically, that I'm going to be open to other jobs. So if, if another top-flight Brazilian team comes in for me, I will really genuinely consider it. But I will tell them I will take the job at the end of the season. And the same in Argentina. The Argentina League's just Mm -hmm. started, so I'm probably expecting a few jobs to come up in Argentina. And if they kind of come to me, I'll be like, yeah, I'll take it, but I'm not taking the job now. I'm not leaving All-Ax Italiano this season because there's so many great things we can achieve. I'm just not prepared to I understand, don't get me wrong. I understand why Paolo did it. I've got nothing against the man. He can do <laughs> nothing wrong. I'm not doing a Paolo and leaving this job mid season. No. I think we've got a lot to achieve. But if any of those big clubs kind of come in for me now, now Paolo's gone. I've got some great players here that I love. I really, really like them. It's my mm. favourite team I've been at in the in the in the save, in the series. But I think I probably would go to the top. Again, it would have to be the right club. Mm. But I would go to the top flight of Brazil. Are you, top flight of are you
0: regretting the fact that you didn't say to Red Bull Bracantino, I'll take the job at the end of the season?
1: That's a good question because it was an option um, in the interview. And I said, I just because I wasn't convinced I was going to take the job anyway. I kind of just said, oh, no, I'll take it now. I don't think I am, if I'm being honest, because. I think there's other clubs. I think I can get a better team. I know that sounds that might sound a bit um a bit overconfident for now, but I've never first of all, I've never been a massive fan of the whole Red Bull influence football. Mm. So that I'm not sure how much I'd have enjoyed it anyway. Interestingly enough, the Sao Paulo job came up, uh, because the Sao Paulo Brazil sat their manager after the World Cup. Um the Sao Paulo manager took the job, and this wasn't long after both my interviews at uh, the sort of the teams that were struggling in the bottom. Um, yeah. Or, yeah the table. Hmm. I wonder if they'll approach, Sao Paulo will, will approach me, and that might have been a different conversation. Than that might have been. Yeah, I'll take the job at the end of the season. Um, but they didn't. So I'm clearly in that sort of. Uh, I guess the. They can. I'm considered a bottom half of the table. Top flight Brazilian manager, God knows where that will be in Argentina. But like I say, the Argentine and Ag- Argentinian top flight has just started. Yeah, the teams are about five games in, so maybe in a few weeks, the top a few managers might lose their job there, and I can get a, a sense of where I'll be in that league.
0: Um, mm.
1: Look, if I don't get any job offers, no, no problem. I'll, I'll happily stay at Audax Italiano. For, for through to next season i really really like the team but if i can win some silverware this year i'll feel like job done at all Taliano. and if i can get them into copy Libertadores, dores job done um but yeah I uh, how much longer i'll be here i'm kind of open to i'm open to offers if you see what i mean
0: yeah it's funny isn't it because when you joined audax i felt like this was the you said this was the club you're going to be at for quite a while, but then clearly something shifted around. Is it the pain? Is it the Paulo pain? Is it the Paulo pain that's kind of pushing you to to explore Brazil and options further afield?
1: Potentially, I mean, I think I'm sort of seeing the breakup of the team with Castro going, with Paulo going, but. I'm also re I'm building the team with the likes Federico Fernandez, um, Aguiar coming in, Paul Co- Paul Connolly at the back, and and there are some really strong core players from Chile that that will that will um yeah that, that, that will leave this club I think for a long time. I think I'd leave them in a really good spot. I guess the thing is I I don't think we're ever going to win a couple Libertadores with with. With Orex Italiana, I just don't think that's possible. I think the might of the likes in, or uh, well, I think if I were to do that, I'd have to stay for probably another five years, which just isn't part of the plan. Um, and the fact that I've brought us to a point where we can compete for the league, I'd really want to win a cup. I re- I'd love to win some silverware, be that the cup or the league. That would be great, but I don't think not doing that would stop me leaving, if you see what I mean. I think an opportunity with the right club in Argentina or Brazil would turn my head
0: yeah and I think that's completely fair and I get it completely because my biggest frustration with my dreams and ambitions for Universidad de Chile and the reality is just the paucity of good top level Chilean talent even to replace what I have now at centre back or, uh, or at any level There's, there's not that. There are, there are very few players that I think you could even replace what I've got now. Let alone take this club to the next level. So, I'm, I think I'm on a similar trajectory. I'm just gonna take a bit longer to get to the same point.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's fair. I mean, Chile is. I, I really enjoyed. Like I said. The favourite team, my favourite team, hands down. Like, I think I look back on my other teams, Sudamericana, I just don't care about that. I wasn't there long enough to have a connection. Chero, like I say, it was kind of a love-hate relationship. They loved me. I hated them. Um, and kind of the opposite in uh, with Santiago Morning. I kind of really liked them and they didn't like me. They sacked me. So I'm kind of bitter towards them. I want them to do badly. If I were to leave Olax Italiano, I would really want them to do well. Yeah, I I really would some of the players we've got here I would really want to do well Um, but yeah we'll we'll have to see
0: yeah no it sounds like quite the the yeah quite the future ahead and I think that's fair I think ultimately the club's been good to you and you've been good to the club and it's been a marriage that's worked and it's been and it's been positive, but who knows what the future holds?
1: Yeah, well, I, t- I took them out of the second division. First division, went into the first division, straight away got us to the um, Copa Sudamericana and a cup final. And this season, um, obviously got knocked out in the Copa Sudamericana, but still in the cup, in a title uh, title challenging for the in the league. Um and I think the club is set up for really good future success with Basquini and Fernandez. And if I were to leave, I'm sure they'd bring in a manager that's far better at playing to up front than I am. And and they <laughs> they'll be banging goals in for fun.
0: Well, indeed. But that's that's all right. to be determined.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think Lou, have you got anything else or or shall we shall we leave it there and we'll go back go to our sort of start planning for our, our big game, our universidad. The Chile versus Aurax Italiano game.
0: No, I've got nothing more to add except be ready, Tom, because you know he's coming. You know those defenders, they'll start they'll start feeling the footsteps. Don't you worry.
1: We are not worried. We've faced far bigger challenges than this little mini fella. Don't worry. The like Sebastian Valdez. Felipe Torres and Luis Mercado are going to have him in their back pocket. <laughs> you need to be worried about the two-pronged attack of Federico Fernandez and Carlos Bascuñan. Oh only on. one of them will be playing,
0: probably. <laughs>
1: yeah. And if you if you manage to keep one of them in their back pocket, it's fine. I'll just take him off at half-time and bring the, the other one on.
0: Well, indeed, indeed. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening again we do so appreciate the liking and subscribing the listening in the first place we love making this every week we we hope you have as much fun listening to it as we do making it and as always it's been who uses a director of football Sud americana adventure with myself lewis and my co-host tom oh i was a bit slow that
1: time
0: Well, you did say I should do it in future, but I can't help it. I've got so used to pausing for your name (laughs) at this point. Anyway, thanks all for listening. hope you enjoy it when you hear it on Sunday or later on in the week. And yes, we look forward to our bonus big match episode coming Wednesday, a midweek fixture to complement the Champions League this week for you. Clearly the bigger game is happening in a virtual version of Chile. All the best. Cheers all. The old